Feather, feather, feather. Light, light, light. Work, work, Asking, ask, answer, answer. Accepting, honoring, honoring. All we are, earth to star. For this episode of Feather Lightwork, we're gonna let ourselves be goofy and we're gonna smile and put our walls down because we want to encourage you and ourselves to lighten up. Navigating life, right? There's so many different ups and downs and so many different emotions we're experiencing. Sometimes you just have to sit back and get grounded and find a place of the sacred witness and learn to lighten up, learn to lighten up, learn to just relax into your tools and relax into all the joy and the bliss that life has to offer us. There's so many things to be grateful all the time. And it's very easy when things get really heavy and uncomfortable to just fall into that cycle. So today we're just going to lighten up. Yeah. And we're going to remember some Signs from nature that remind us of our nature, mm. which is playful and smiley. And we're going to emphasize these signs of joy, smile, laughter, you know, practicing joyful behavior creates a, a way to more easily surrender to that joyful state and I'll remind us of these tools that we use for laughter yoga and they help to activate and exercise the laughter muscles so we can more freely and easily laugh. And I'll remind us of, you know, this, um, this natural state of being that is happy. And it can be really fun and social and connecting to be in that playful yeah. attitude. Yeah, absolutely. This morning I was in a funny place because someone stole my car keys and my daughter watched a scary movie and she was upset mm. by that. And there were just a lot of different things in my life that felt off balance and wobbly and wonky and uncomfortable. And then I took care of myself and went out in nature and I was just reflecting on what I was seeing around me. These playful squirrels <laughs> who runs and jumps and leaps and spirals up stuff and acrobats off the things, only some playful kid. Nature, nature is playful. Nature also is slow. And even the fastest animals, say wild horses, they take breaks. They mm. go fast as heck and then power up the mountain and then they take a break and let their heartbeat reach its natural state again. And the trees move slow. Everything moves slow in nature. It's a funny thing that to juxtaposition that the nature, which reflects our nature, with the grind the hustle and bustle and all the worrying and stress and rush that whole thing creates. 
I want to talk a little bit about that too, because I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. I've worked for myself and that used to be the fad, like let's grind and girl boss time and getting everything done and move, move, move and work, work, work and network and all these things. And you made a really good point in that video today, just nature reflecting our nature. And you don't see that nonstop work without rest in nature. And it's not healthy. It's not a good way to take care of ourselves. So we've been kind of moving from this space of ground grinding and constant hyper focus and hyper vigilance on this to more of a space of being able to receive relaxed nervous system can receive. So switching from that grind into a line, being in that space of standing in our power and maybe aligning with what comes next for our careers and our jobs and our the positive paths within our life. So I invite you to feel into that. I invite you to double check on where you're just constantly doing that masculine output because we're both, we're, you know, we're all either 50 or 49% feminine, 49 or 50%. 51 if you do the math, <laughs> or is it 1% unknown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying my girlfriend's an alien arithmetic okay no so all right so it because we're all either 49 percent one 50 49 we're all either 49 it's 49 and 51 right like that those are the numbers no i, knew, I never yes. heard that stat well yeah like every so we're all, it's we all have both masculine more. and feminine yeah. features, apparently. Yeah, our DNA, we only our have DNA. 1% a little bit more. So like if you're male, you only have 1%. You only have one more chromosome to make you male. And if it's female, we're only one less chromosome to make us female. So we're literally like, to make us our gender, we're only that 1% more feminine DNA, genetics, chromosomes down to the literal point of it and then the other side is just as much the other side we're both consisting of divine masculine and divine feminine within inside all of us so that masculine way is to do 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 and it's on that grind and the feminine way the feminine is to receive through just being being just like a sense and calling that in through our frequency calling that in through our energy body calling in through our ability to receive a feminine receives with intention so we're moving from a place of grind to align so my invitation for you is to check in where first of all figuring out maybe what you'd like to elevate and what maybe you would like to bring about and elevate and if if you narrow that down and then maybe there's a point within that that you're just seeing a constant grind a constant export of energy a constant putting outward you know, there's no space to receive in that space. And this whole rigmarole started because you were talking about how nature rests naturally. And that's the completion of the circuit. That's the completion of the cycle. If it's constant output, 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 and we don't rest, we don't relax, we don't receive. So if we can't receive, that's exactly how our prosperity comes to us. That's exactly how our love, money, relationship is coming in through that relaxed body of receiving. Energy flows through the paths of least resistance. 
And if you're exporting, exporting, going out, doing, 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 and we don't take that time to rest and ground and receive, nature needs to feel us receive so that it can give us something. So many gems in there. You're so brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I will definitely uh, re ricochet and rebound and <laughs> run with <laughs> some of those awesome ideas. In my eyes, we are missing some really good examples of divine masculine in our world right now. And I know that they're out there. We're out there. And we all have it in us to embody that and be that. And I want to say some examples of the distortion of masculine that I even see in my own life that I'm remedying now because that's way out of integrity with who I really am. My natural state is a smile on my face. Sometimes my smile looks like this. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Sometimes it looks like this. But that joy, that joy, that joy is there. Mm -hmm. That satisfaction is down deep. A distorted masculine looks like it's got a boundary. Looks like it's got some thick walls around, walls of protection, walls of hypervigilance, like an onion with way too many layers still on. And to the outside world, to children, it probably looks like way too serious and authoritative. And he doesn't respect where I am. He doesn't, he's not present with us and on the level with us. He's like bigger than us and wants to belittle us. And I can see that in my own life as a dad. When I was young at being a dad, I was really wobbly, actually. I couldn't believe it because my dad was such a good example for me, actually. But me, I, I, I thought, whoa, these kids are acting way different from me. So I better try to shape them up to be more like me. But they're their own individual selves. They actually would be better off if they weren't so much like me. Overly serious, workaholic, unwilling to get on the ground and play Legos. You know, I was just too driven to achieve and uh, succeed in life that I was neglecting my incredible kids. And the worst of it was when they would be goofy at the dinner table and talkative during dinner, and I would insist on them being quiet. I would refuse to smile, even if they were being funny. I would refuse to laugh because I didn't want to engage in what I thought was disrespectful behavior. But they know their own definition of respect. And they have their own ability to make their own boundaries. And that controlling idea is another super bad distortion of masculine. Mm -hmm. desire to control, desire to over-serious the world. When the world has squirrels in it, you know, the world has monkeys. The world is, shows us all these playful things. There's so many ways we restrict ourselves. Why? Why are we doing that? Why are we over-seriousing life? Do you ever just run? Are you a man? Do you ever just run naked through the woods, wild turkey? I mean, that's always a possibility. 
you wouldn't want to do it in a bramble bush. <laughs> I know it is quite a place of contemplation. And for me, what's coming to mind is I think, you know, a lot of dads and especially dads, but you know, the masculine in that space, I think that control comes from the need to want to protect in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it just gets, it gets off kilter and protect and provide. And it gets off kilter. Um, I have an amazing father. My father's amazing, but he wasn't around a lot when we were kids. My mom did everything because he was working and he was grinding and he was going up the ladder and the corporate ladder and doing all the things. And we didn't actually start having that, like a real solid relationship until I was in high school um, and at that point, it was still very limited to like some time on the weekends. Now we have a fantastic relationship where we get to laugh and play all the time. But it's kind of, you know, he's in his late 60s and he didn't get to relax and enjoy his life until his late 60s. So the invitation here is to integrate this play into your life ASAP. And we understand you have to be in in that role of protector and provider. But to be in the role of protector and provider doesn't mean stern and serious. Um, there's a level, like we had stated before, the relaxed body receives. So if you're in the role of the provider and you're just so tight and you're just so oriented and driven and there's no room for that softness for that feminine part within the divine masculine to be awakened and alive it actually is resistance and blocks your blessings it actually can't flow through that resistant part of self so the invitation is to get softer and to soften and to connect with the beauty in nature and connect with the beauty in your home and in your kids and in your partner and in yourself because that softness allows flow and yeah i can definitely that hits hard there's a along the lines of controlling and providing and persevering and pushing to achieve big things and you know gain prosperity this, this controlling way of doing that, this really masculine, pushy way of doing that sets us up for so many levels of failure because it's a lack mentality. There's mm -hmm. never going to be enough. We're yeah. always going to be striving. There's never going to be a break. We're always, and, and I'm an entrepreneur. There's an entrepreneur spirit and an entrepreneur passion. That's a good thing, but there's an, also an entrepreneur obsession and there's like an overindulgence in work. And to have that attitude is to totally um, make yourself invisible and oblivious to the spirit and mm -hmm. the flow with the capital F and that miracle that is divine providence Yeah, that comes from the surrender. Right. The trust. The trust. Exactly. The faith. The trust and the faith and, and the trust. And the easeful attitude. Mm-hmm. The trust and the faith that the universe will provide and that, you know, I mean, however you want to word it, God will provide, the universe will apply, the plentiful environment will provide. And if we stop believing in that and we stop allowing that, that's going to shape our reality. And that's mm. when our gifts will stop coming in. Our blessings will stop coming in. So if our thoughts are creating our reality and we believe that we can't or believe things aren't possible or believe they need to be a certain way, then that's the way they need to be. And when we have a choice, 
why would we choose to have to work 80 hours a week and not enjoy ourselves? You know, I've had experiences in the past with clients who have the same issue and they're also entrepreneur and they spend so much time working and working and working and waiting for the clientele to come in and waiting for the clientele to come in. And they're, you know, they're coming to me for assistance and we're working on the energy and they're like, Audrey, I'm doing all the right things. Why is it not happening? And I'm like, when do you relax? Hmm. When does your nervous system come? When are you in joy? Money, prosperity, and love flow through the paths of least resistance. If you're putting out, again, like we said, if you're putting out and you're not creating the end and the completion of that circuit, you're not allowing that energy to come back to you. You're just constantly putting it out and constantly putting it out. Rest is a verb. It is an action. If you don't rest, if you don't relax, you can't receive. So then I would say, hey, you've got to do things that bring you joy. You've got to take time off. You've got to allow yourself to recoup, to replenish, to connect with the flow of nature and the flow of how things can come in. Uh, I had to convince them to take a camping trip as a vacation, take the weekend off. And this is like so far removed from what we know, know or believe to be true as how do we create prosperity? It's like completely opposite. I said, just trust me, like, Mm. just take the weekend off, allow your body to relax get yourself into the high frequency. We had already done a ton of energy work. They were just in bliss and enjoy and able to do with their family and laughing. and, And they came back to work or they came back to their home office at the end of the weekend. And there was like four messages were just waiting to be received just money on the table, looking to move forward with projects, projects that were lingering. There was actually money in the account, things that hadn't been invoices that hadn't been paid and just things coming in. Money flows through the path of least resistance. And so does love. Speaking of love, Audrey and I met on a dance floor and we practice ecstatic dance every Sunday morning. It's kind of like a church. Mm. It's a place to have a spiritual connection and a flow and, you know, take care of that inner child and play and wiggle Mm. and, you know, shout and hoot and holler. Yeah. Allowing our bodies to move in, in the intuitive way that we desire. There's so many patterns and choreography and rhythm, and this is when you dance, and this is how you dance. And aesthetic dance is a place to allow your body to intuitively move in all the ways it desires naturally. Yeah, I keep coming to the realization that nature is a good teacher. And ecstatic dance is a good example of that because ecstatic dance, the the, the method of it, is to allow our body to find its natural rhythm, move naturally as the music moves through us. It's not choreographed in any way, like you say. It's it's letting the music move us. For me, I first discovered it when I was battling migraine headaches, probably because I was overworking and I was just carrying a lot of tension. I was introduced to probably a hundred different alternative healing modalities in an attempt to overcome those chronic migraines. And 
I fell in love with ecstatic dance. It still moves me to make that a priority every single Sunday. Imagine a space where words fade away. Where the language of the soul takes precedence. This is the enchanting ritual of ecstatic dance. Here, the harmonizing effect of self-expression and soul connection is beyond a concept. It is a profound and tangible experience. In other areas of life, we may find ourselves restrained by societal norms and expectations, but within the sacred embrace of ecstatic dance, where the worldly ways dissolve, there is only freedom. Here, our bodies become instruments swaying to the rhythms of our innermost emotions. Every step, every spin becomes a brushstroke painting the canvas of our existence. In addition to the gifts of individual expression, there is the beauty of connection. In this space, we share not only movements, but parts of our hearts. As we move in unison, a silent conversation unfolds, one that transcends words, entering the areas of empathy and understanding. In this shared vulnerability, we find a unity, a soul connection that defies explanation, but resonates deep within. We sense each other's joys, pains, hopes, and fears laid bare through the language of movement. Together we feel, we heal. Within a static dance, we honor the inner child, rekindling the pure joy, spontaneity, curiosity, and creativity that is often associated with childhood. It is written that the eyes of the child hold the keys to the kingdom. And in this way, through the self-expression and soul connection that aesthetic dance offers to us, we bring heaven down to earth. One of the first books I read as an adult that really lit me up and lifted my spirits was called Being Peace by mm. Thich Nhat Hanh. And the whole first chapter is all about the gift of a smile. Mm. And Audrey can tell you about the oxytocin and serotonin levels that are boosted through activating those facial muscles. Yeah. And, you know, in simple terms, in, in what I understand, a smile just feels so good and brings me joy. Not only when I smile, but when someone smiles at me. Mm -hmm. The story, the Thich Nhat Hanh story, mentions a time when Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a Buddhist monk, really fabulous writer, he was 
touched to the point of tears when a girl smiled at him. Mm. And he thanked her for her smile because it made such a big impression on his life to be to be accepted and seen and embraced. You know, a smile is a sign of acceptance and friendship. Not only does it say, I'm friendly, but it also says, you're cool in my book, mm-hmm. you know? And what's cooler than a kid thinking we're cool, right? That's cool. So a smile can do so much for people. Our smiling eyes even can make such a beautiful impression on a stranger, on a neighbor. We don't have to reserve these for moments of hilarity when we're, you know, finally surrendered to the smiling and laughing. We can smile and even laugh for fun. I find it there's something really beautiful in being able to connect with even strangers on that level. Um, and just being able to see someone and just kind of see them and and witness them and just just a smile and a smile may turn into a conversation. Tonight we had a beautiful moment with a gentleman at dinner. Um, we were having dinner at one of our local favorite places and um, I saw him looking for a seat and he was kind of a little bit older and I wasn't sure if he was there alone or, or if he was just looking for a seat, but I just made eye contact and I smiled and we talked a little bit and then a little bit later, we all talked a little bit more and it brought us so much joy. It was just so pleasant for me and it probably meant twice as much to him. You know, I mean, I think that's something to be really be spoken about is we have our friends in our inner circles and we have our internet circles and we have our family and our chosen family. Some people don't really have too many folks at all in their life. And, you know, a quick little smile or a brief conversation can really make somebody's whole week. So the invitation here is to just make that little contact. And I've had this feeling in the past too. Sometimes we limit our connections by how we're going to be received. We're not so sure how we're going to be received. And we don't know if it's going to be received in a positive light or with the proper intention. We don't want to come off um, prying or flirty or something that's not with our intention. But Um, I think it was a good reminder that we have this conversation because I think we can just take those fears or those preconceived fears and just, you know, send them a little extra love and let them go because that's not the intention and how people receive us. If it's not with ill intention, then that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect every time. So we can just still do what we know in our hearts to feel really good and yummy. And out of the 10 people I might smile at, like, You know, there might be three or four that roll their eyes and think I'm, you know, not so with it or whatever, but that's okay. And we just, it's a really good practice at compassionate neutrality for me. When I'm not well received to just let it roll off my shoulders and probably has nothing to do with me. Maybe they didn't see me in the first place. My dad, who is a saint, he said these immortal words. Mm. If there's ever any doubt, do the friendly thing. Mm. Absolutely. He was one who would wave at a stranger, even to the point of being ridiculed by people because who does that? But, and I do that. I do too. I think it's beautiful. It's kind, it's caring, it shows respect. 
I remember being three. I barely remember this. My parents tell me a little bit about this. But when I was three, I had this stool in my bedroom. And my bedroom was in the front of the house. And I didn't always like to be alone. And so I'd push this stool underneath my window so that I could see out the window and say hi, <laughs> hi to everybody that would walk down the street or drive, even if they were in the car and they didn't hear me, but I didn't care. I just wanted to say hello. And it just brought me so much joy as a, as a little, little tiny girl. Um, Thinking of the pets, the animals, the butterflies, the stars. Mm. What if we all just want to be seen? Mm -hmm. What if we all just want to be acknowledged? So here's the invitation. Try it out. Next time you're at the grocery store or something, make eye contact with at least one person and just smile. Maybe you don't feel all that much comfortable speaking yet, but just a smile or a wave and... You know, the response has nothing to do with you. It's just a just a moment in time and it'll be a good experiment. It'll be a good experience to see how it goes. Hopefully it gets easier and easier and becomes nat more and more natural. And if we all did that, what a beautiful environment it would be. I have another invitation. Mm. Next time you and I, I say this for myself too. I'm in the presence of the sun when it's near the horizon, mm. early morning at dusk, gazing at the sun and noticing the way it affects our eyes and our mouth. It almost invites us. It almost like naturally brings a smile to my face. Is that true for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's just something so breathtaking about something so magnificent that happens effortlessly every single day. But even as hot as it is, it's still a wonder. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we have had record-breaking summer heat this year here in Austin, Texas. 144 days of 100-plus weather from what I gather, and it's still heaven on earth when we make it that way. Mm. So in closing, really truly, every moment, as we know, every moment is a choice. And when you are feeling the pressures and the heaviness, take a stop, take a breath, and you can make a choice, make a choice to bring some laughter into your life. Sometimes it has to be forced laughter, you know. Sometimes we have to pull out the Pandora or a little bit of media to get us laughing, to get us shifted. But um, it's a beautiful tool to lighten up and take the pressure off and to relax. I hope that you find an effortlessness with the choice when you need to. And I hope that you make that choice to take care of yourself and find some laughter and lift your spirits when needed. There's a time to rest. There's a time to laugh and there's a time to work. Got to make time. Me, I'm a really passionate explorer of angels and I, I love the subject of angels. The angels light me up. Just the idea of them. I love to read about them, hear other people's stories about them interact with them directly whenever I get a chance. And 
there's a hierarchy of angels from what I understand and way up on <laughs> the ladder of most sophisticated <laughs> angels is the cherubim angels mm. and what I hear about the cherubs is that they're like sweet little babies and they just look at us humans and giggle they just see us in our tirades and our rushing and our temper tantrums and they think it's the funniest cutest thing and I do think in that enlightened state in that light-hearted state there can be like such a high level of compassion and understanding that we can just laugh at ourselves mm -hmm. can we just laugh at ourselves can we just take life a little less seriously and just laugh at ourselves I think I think it'll be really good medicine for us I think so too I think so too <laughs>